today we'll be speaking on the life of daniel praise god yeah praise god praise god so uh before i go into it let me just give you guys a little just a very little gist on you know my studying of the book of daniel because daniel is one of those books that start very friendly easy you know you're just learning and how god is doing things for daniel and the other hebrew boys and you know he's interpreting dreams and he's being promoted and he's giving the other guys promotion and then all of a sudden daniel is dreaming some really weird stuff and seeing some really weird visions and it's happening and then you're uh, it's as if you're reading revelations all over again so yeah the book of daniel was actually quite a roller coaster for me but i think for today's lessons god has really um put together some of the core things that he wants us to understand about, how do i feel like someone behind me about the life of daniel all right so maybe i would throw the question question open like who was daniel in the bible i don't know anybody could to tell me your own words what you know about daniel in summary it could be the things he has done or his um it could be the things he has done or himself as in terms of his culture whatever it is who can speak to daniel's person anyone Yes. Yes. Okay. Anyone else? So this is how I put it here. Daniel was a young man. Well, he started as a young man. This guy ended up staying alive for, in my opinion, longer than he probably expected uh, in terms of being under various reigns of leaders uh, from the Babylonians to uh, the Persians to who else again? I think the I, I would confirm by no king cyrus so let's just start daniel was a young man of jewish nobility and um, he was taken into captivity by ne nebuchadnezzar in the third year of jeho hmm. can i pronounce this word anyways that guy was a leader in jerusalem then he was now overthrown and daniel was was renamed um belteshazzar all right he was trained in the king's court three years and then he was elevated to a high rank in the babylonian and persian kingdom praise god you know when he started out he was really just a teenager and um but i'll tell you okay let me let me, let me not would i say give you too much um what they call that thing now let me not expose too much of who daniel is yet because that's really what is going to form you know part of our daniel power series so let's even go to power first since we've spoken a little about daniel let's also speak a little about power power really is what it is power is, is the ability to reign to influence um and he said he doesn't want to get too biblical about it but the thing is you can't be less biblical about power even when you see power today praise god look at power in the bible i will just use nebuchadnezzar when um i will get to this in a in a bit but when uh nebuchadnezzar had a dream and you know his dream was about this um golden well not gold but like this big statue right and 
the explanation of that dream was there were four kingdoms that were to come and the greatest of all at that time amongst all the other kingdom was the one that was ruled by him which was the golden head now imagine you know god literally describing in your dream that you are the most powerful person on earth and he understood like he had conquered all that needed to be conquered that is power and as when i say political as that might sound power is power i like Literally in the Bible, um, and I'll get to that too in a bit, Nebuchadnezzar's son, which was Belshazzar, how was, how, how was power taken from him? After he finished interpreting, they finished interpreting one writing in the world, bam, they came and sliced his head in the night. But power still is still given by God. So what we need to understand about power is that, you know, in our own human understanding, it might seem ludicrous to how power might come to people or how power by, might be moved from one place to the other. But I think one conclusion I was able to draw from the whole Bible reading of Daniel is that however it may seem, power is given by God, power can be taken by God, and God knows the people in, in power. So I feel like that's a good place to start from. When it comes to the issues of power, we should be very aware that God is fully aware of the people in power that he has placed. You know, whether it looks like However it might look, <laughs> all right, we should be fully aware that power is power. And the people in, in, in leadership, God is fully aware that they are there, all right? So I think my next point is to really um, paint more picture as regards why God is the source of power. And this is where we are going to go into the book of Daniel. So we'll start with Daniel 4.17. I'd like to read a little bit from verse 16. Actually, Daniel 4.16.17. This was Nebuchadnezzar's second dream, all right? His first dream was the dream of, you know, the statue and the four kingdoms and how um, the stone would be used to basically crush all the kingdoms from the foot, which was mixed with iron and clay. And the second dream was really God trying to model Nebuchadnezzar to his, what I say, um, standard of what leadership or what someone in power should look like, although, you know, Unfortunately for him, he had to become an animal. But um, that's really what this scripture was, is explaining, right? So this is him explaining the dream to Daniel before it was being interpreted. At this time, at this time he did not understand that it was actually him that would be cut off. <laughs> you know, I, I, well, Daniel did a good job in explaining the dream. But let's quickly go to the verse 17, all right? This 17 was actually part of what he had heard in the dream. And he says, the decision is announced by messengers. The holy ones declare the verdicts so that the living may know that the Most High is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and gives them to anyone he wishes and sets over them the lowliest of people. In other words, God is the one that puts people in power. He can take you out and he can put you there. He's fully aware. So this just goes to, you know, um, paints more picture on the point I had raised that God is fully aware of power. Amen? Praise God. So now we'll be going back to Daniel. Let's really understand Daniel in, you know, the corridors of power. Why would you say Daniel was a powerful man? What made him power powerful? Daniel, you know, he told the king, I'll get back to you. When he said, I'll get back to you, it's not that... Um, how we go take do this thing he literally said i'll get back to you so that you can go back in prayer if you read the book of daniel in chapter one 
you know, when they were illustrating Daniel, from my understanding, Daniel knew he had these gifts. Praise God. They said that he was gifted in dream interpretation when they were trying to explain like who Daniel is because they also explained the um, other Hebrew, Hebrew boys, right? But they were like, Daniel was. So I, I think he knew he was gifted in this gift interpretation, but he also fully understood where this gift of interpretation came from. And so when he was telling the king that, that was, to me, that was a very superior demonstration of faith. All right? And we've also seen that in the lives of the other Hebrew boys in the other chapters. But let's focus on Daniel today. So why was he powerful? I have three reasons. There are definitely more, but I would say these are the three that stood out for me. I think, hmm, I think Ayo, you know, picked one of those reasons, although termed a little bit differently, and it's because of his background. So Daniel was a, in my opinion, he was already, um, he already had that powerful background before, like, when they captured those people, what? Okay, let's you know. Let's just go straight to the, to the to the scriptures. Daniel chapter one, we read from verse three to six. Daniel was powerful because of his background. He was of royal and noble descent. He was one of the well, well, you want to say physically speaking, he was ten over ten. But then even beyond that, he was very literate. All right, they say that he was like him and the other people that they called with the top-notch guys. If you even read further, you eventually find out that Daniel and then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, amongst all the top-notch guys, they were like 90th percentile, right? So they were top-notch of the top-notch. So before we, are, we begin to introduce, you know, Daniel's dream ability, and this is like now come drawing down to his relationship with God, we understand that Daniel was a skilled man mentally, all right? So, um, uh, uh, and... But I say, I am not too uh, mistaken when I say it would have been difficult for Daniel and the other Hebrew boys to make mistakes in the king's palace. Like, they knew well how to discern, you know, when you're, when you're in front of a king, when you're in front of royalty, what, how to address conflict. These were things that they knew. And so you see that at every time, especially, and we'll go to that in a bit as well, when, you know, they were trying to address, like, the king was mad. If you guys cannot tell me my dream and interpret it, all of you will die. You are wasting my time. Where the way he approached the, you know, Aspenas and, you know, communicated with, with him, it really just calmed the whole situation down. Although if you read further, he explains that God actually softened the heart of that guy. But by the time you read Daniel's approach, the way he spoke, you would see that there was a lot of guided thinking in, into it. So that's one. Okay, so that's one. And then the second is due to his decisions. This is where we have a little bit more bulk. We'll be reading two scriptures. Um, I want somebody to read Daniel, Daniel 1, 8 to 14. And then the second person is going to read Daniel 5, 6 to 17. But we'll start with Daniel 1 since that's more of like his earlier career period. So Daniel 1, 8 to 14. So we know that we know the result of, you know, in this particular scientific process that Daniel decided to put him and his brothers through, they came out looking fresher, better physically than the other people who ate from the king's table, right? But let's focus on the decision that Daniel actually made because when you think about it, Daniel was, and his, and his other Hebrew boys, they were captives, all right? 
they were captives, which meant that more or less it's it might not have mattered so much what you did at that point. Like your other guys were, you know, not come and check him, but like, no, this is not what our, you know, tradition says. You cannot be doing this. But Daniel knew that these were the things that they had been practicing. And so at that point, he made a decision. I, I don't know if maybe if the other Hebrew guys would have, you know, followed to make that decision. But well, he stood out from my explanation of my understanding of the scripture. Like he stood out and he was like, allow us to only eat this vegetable of water and then test us for 10 days and then see how we're going to come out. So I'd say one of the things that stood up for me and I, and I, and I seen, would see also in Daniel chapter 5 is that ability to be independently minded, thinking for himself as per... When I say thinking of yourself, I'm not saying thinking for yourself outside God. I mean thinking for yourself in the sense of you want to be... Um, you want to be in your own understanding consecrated to God to the highest level that you believe God should receive that honor. Praise God. So that was one of the that's one of the things that I, I would say, you know, Daniel really demonstrated his power in. Praise God. Then the second scripture we'll be reading is Daniel 5, 16 to 17. The kings then were so powerful that they couldn't even go against their own word. Towards the ending of this scripture, you eventually find out that he was still, you know, giving that chain and quoted and everything, even though he said he would. And he knew fully well that regardless of, you know, his opinion, that was what was instructed by the king. But then at that point, I think that was another demonstration of Daniel's decision and even more so humility. So it was just to go forth to show the king. I think in all, in all Daniel's demonstrations, um, one of the things that he really, and that's how the next point we'll go to, one of the things that he always demonstrated was that, like, God is taking care of him properly. You understand? It's all these visions, all these things that he's doing, is not him, it's God. So whatever you think you have to offer, whether it's food from the king's table, whether it's chain that he wants to use and crowning for his, you know, many skills, he made sure that people were fully aware that they were not, that was not what was going to define him at any point in time. And so we've seen a second part of, in the story of Daniel where his decisions has gone to stand out, you know, as an independent thinker. You're not, you're not, would I say, would I say, uh, beggative, if that's, a, if that's an English, but like <laughs> beggarly rather, you know, in some sense of it. And so the third, third point I'll go to is Daniel was powerful because of his, you know, gifts of dream interpretations. And I think everybody is, has been well aware of that by now from all the series that we've read. But let's just go to Daniel chapter 1, verse 17, just so we can have, you know, some more light on that. Daniel chapter 1, verse 17. Praise God. So you see what I was talking about earlier on? I told you even before this series of Nebuchadnezzar's dreams coming up, this was something that Daniel was well aware that, you know, he had these capabilities, but he, had, he, he relied on God, you know, for them. But then this was his gift. He says that all the other four men, God gave them knowledge and understanding of literature above, like, the average person. But for Daniel, he could understand visions and dreams. And ladies and gentlemen, these are the reasons where, why Daniel was such, you know, a powerful guy. 
and that's why we're discussing to him today praise god so my my next subject line and we'll discuss a little bit but just for just because of time my my next subject line is we're going to see how daniel redefined power to babylonians praise god so we've already understood power you know and we've spoken about power well enough but what daniel was trying to you know throughout the story of daniel at least in his relationship with kings one thing daniel was always um would i say uh not afraid of whatever was going to come to him what he was always very conscious of was that he was going to make everybody understand that power belongs to god praise god power belongs to god so when i say daniel redefined power to the babylonians babylonians understood power as just conquering and conquering and conquering and that was about it that's why somebody um like nebuchadnezzar was a scapegoat in fact after the the after the dream of daniel was interpreted i don't know if anybody has read how he actually turned to the goat that day or, or whatever animal he was but as he was just you know as he was just walking on his rooftop or something he was just like uh-uh not with this babylon where i create before i knew it they said what the bible said is that as the last word was dropping on his lip his hair started turning to feathers and his claws or like his his nails started growing out like a like of a bed it makes me to begin to think he turned to actual chicken or something you know i'm just saying feathers and claws it could be anything but i remember one cartoon bible i should read is goats that they use so that's the picture that's been on my head since i don't know why they use goats anyways the point is the point is you know daniel tried to always redefine power to the babylonians as power from god and we use two scriptures to illustrate this we'll start from daniel chapter 2 verses 27 hold on praise god so daniel 2 27 all right so this at this point this was when um this was when daniel had come back with the answer all right i didn't just go to say so chairman this is your dream you know you were lying down next thing you started seeing this one you started seeing that one he said no wise man enchanter magician or driver can explain diviner rather can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about so first he wanted to displace the fact that all these things that people are doing is a rishi rishi as per you know measure up do you understand this is the real deal now so before he went on to introduce the dream he now said but there is a god in heaven who reveals mysteries he has shown in nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the days to come all right and then he started interpreting this dream so we understand that his dream interpretation was one of his biggest demonstrations of power but while he was trying to demonstrate that power again i'm just reiterating around the same point he was acknowledge, acknowledging that this power is not for me your diviners did not do it or i did not do it um um uh, and your diviners did not do it not because i'm smarter than them or, or i'm too wise but it's god that has revealed it to me praise god all right so the second scripture we'll be reading is daniel 5 18 to 23 praise god you know just before i go to my points has anybody noticed the change in daniel stone between daniel you know chapter 2 and then daniel chapter 5. daniel chapter 2 he was talking to nebuchadnezzar daniel chapter 5 was talking to nebuchadnezzar's son at this time this guy done day for power as far 
Let me not say you have seen it all, but like, you understand, as far when they called Daniel to come, they were not calling based on there's one random guy that knows this thing. They were like, there's one guy that your father has used to consult back to back. That is the guy that you should go and call. You understand? So he was addressing this guy as far giving him a piece of his mind. I know your father. Your father turned to goats because of this same thing. Sorry, I'm, I keep using goats. But that's, what he was, that's literally what he was saying. This is what happened to your father because of the same reason. And your own is worse. Your father never even do with your own. You went to go inside, carry the cup that us, because you think you have captured us. You now want to go and carry the cup that, cups that we used to use as our like ceremonial things to God. And you're using it to party with prostitutes and, you know, all sorts. And basically, the, the focus point is the verse 23, when he said, um, uh, you do not honor the God who holds in his hand your life and all your ways. Daniel was speaking to a person in power, all right? And by this time, even though Daniel might have understood power in Daniel chapter 2, by Daniel chapter 5, he even had a better understanding of power. And so he's trying to explain to this guy that despite all of these things that you are doing, you should acknowledge God who holds your life in his hand. Praise God. So this really summarizes how Daniel redefined power to the Babylonians, right? Unfortunately, uh, Belshazzar did not have that, would I say, magnificent turning point like Nebuchadnezzar. But this was Daniel also going forward to, you know, demonstrate these things. And so um, I'll just speak to this in a bit, but we have all already passively touched it so while we are talking about you know power and how they can be positively demonstrated we have also seen how power can be negatively demonstrated and so we'll read two quick scriptures daniel 5 um okay so we've actually read this sort of in between um making re reference again to daniel 5 um 18 to 23 right he said um, and this is just basically explaining how um, Belshazzar abused his position of power. Because Daniel said, you have set yourself up against the Lord of heaven. You've, you had the goblets from his temple brought to you. And you and your nobles, your wives, and your concubines drank from them. You praised the gods of silver, gold, of, um, the gods of silver and gold, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which cannot see or hear or understand. But you do not honor, honor um, the God who holds in his hand your life and all your ways. And make no mistake, guys, Belshazzar was not, uh, how do you explain it? He was not a child, although I don't know the full backstory. But I'm pretty sure that he knew very well that his father had a major turning point. And after Nebuchadnezzar was, you know, after those seven years and he came back to his mind, he only acknowledged one sovereign ruler of the, of all creation, which was God. And so, as a son coming, having that understanding, you would have thought maybe, you know, he would have learnt a thing or two from his father, but yet still, he abused his position. And I think what God was really trying to do in that, uh, in, in the times of Daniel was, you know, to really define or to really, um, when I say model what a, a leader should look like. Yes, the leader was powerful and he was controlling a vast amount of lands. But one of the major attributes of leader or someone in power is his obedience to God, is his acknowledgement of God's sovereignty. He was able to teach that to the father. And I think, I think that Belshazzar's punishment was so harsh because 
he had more legroom to learn from his father. Praise God. So that was a major abuse of power. Now we'll go to Daniel chapter 5 verse 30. Can someone read that? Okay, so Daniel chapter 5 verse 30 is not really speaking to the abuse of power, but more to the punishment. And we've already spoken to that. Daniel chapter 5 verse 30 says, That very night, Belshazzar, king of Babylonians, was slain. All right? And then Darius came and took over, and he was the, um, was the Mede that was spoken about. Who remembers the writing of the wall? Praise God. So, so the last part that had something passing, basically the interpretation was the kingdom was going to be ruled by the Medes and then the Persians. All right? And so this was just God's um, prophecies being uh, illustrated or shown to men. So, so on this note, we want to just draw um, a few conclusions on, Daniel, on Daniel's understanding of power and how we can apply it today to our living. Praise God, one house, one house. So the first thing we should take home is Daniel was notable for his humility and nobility. Amen? Hence why, why he continued to serve God through various reigns of kings. I don't think it was, you know, by perchance that Daniel was still in that position of power. Uh, I know this is the book of Daniel, but something makes me to believe that the other Hebrew guys might not have lived that long. Either of the two case scenarios, the Bible doesn't speak to it, but either they did not live that long or they did not continue serving in the king's palace. But Daniel was still there throughout that period of time. Amen? The second point is, Daniel was ever reliant on God for his ability to interpret dreams. I've already spoken to that. And he, was, he also made sure everyone was well aware of where his gifts came, came from. So this is just me wrapping up. I've already spoken to this. Daniel was very, very um, audible when it came, came to the things of God. All right. Some people might just say, eh, you have gone to the king's palace, a different place. And it was the worst that can happen. But, you know, he, he, he understood some of the sacrifices. You know, remember, he was a very learned man. He understood some of the sacrifices that were happening on the back end. Some of these things that, the, that the, they were bringing to these king's tables were, were for idols. So he, he understood that there was a lot of uncleanliness in quotes that was going behind. And for him, he was going to remain consecrated to God to the best of his abilities and understanding to the fullest. All right. And that's something that we should also try to, you know, embed in our lives. And I keep saying to the fullest of our understanding because um, not that, not that your, your limited understanding should excuse you to do some things. But when I say to the limit, to, to, to the fullest of your understanding, if there's something that you should rather not be doing, then to the fullness of your, fullness of your understanding, you should consecrate yourself to that extent. Praise God. And then the last point is, um, Daniel was a leader who made leaders. This sounds too familiar, but I'm not going to be political. Daniel was a leader who made leaders. Let's go to Daniel 2.49, and this is where we'll round, round up. Praise God. So you see, one thing about leadership is, and you guys, well, whether you're in school, whether you're at work, you'd have heard about it passively, right? If you're, if you're, in, if you're a person in a leadership position, one of the things that you'll be thinking about a lot is your successorship, all right? And even beyond successorship, building those around you. So these were his closest guys, all right, the other three Hebrew boys. And so when Daniel had interpreted the dream and, you know, they gave him this high rank, 
he then made a request he didn't want to be you know the only yoga of there he was like exactly so he he told he he requested too because basically at this point he was giving a blank check he requested that shadrach meshach and abednego should be put as administrators over the province of babylon so that him will be able to rule with his guys in quotes all right and so i think one of the um, understandings of power and how we can apply today which is my last point is that whenever we find ourselves in that position where we can help other people in quotes when we are in positions of power we should not neglect and think like this life is very short term right everywhere you are you is change is the only constant thing and so one thing you want to make sure is that you're able to uplift other people so that tomorrow when you're not there you have other people too with the mind that they had that someone uplifted me would also go ahead to uplift people praise god hallelujah at this point um at this juncture i am i hope i've done well to explain daniel as one of the our four founders in the corridors of power and i would entertain questions praise god and please when i say i want to entertain questions i mean we would entertain questions so we would answer and we would question praise god